Welcome to the show. Listen with your ears, understand with your hearts. Namaste, bitches. It's I to the R to the E to the N to the E, baby. A multifaceted perception of reality. Like the kookaburra sits in the yogum tree. Laugh, kookaburra laugh. Kookaburra laugh some more for me. treasure then laughter is the key so sit back and relax and enjoy some good old-fashioned comedy all right man <laughs> let's learn to love ourselves and love each other and have fun while we're at it have fun while we're at it have fun while we're at it here while we at it thanks for joining me myself and irene to start the show five four three two one Zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Well, hello, everybody. I'm your host, Irene Pappas, wishing you positive vibes and love and light, as always. With me today on Me, Myself, and Irene is a very, very special guest, a new friend, a funny comedian, and he's not here to fix my computer because he claims to be the 7-Eleven guy, not the techie guy. Mr. Vishnu Vaka, welcome. Thank you, Irene. How Thank are you? you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited. Yes, me too. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm so glad we met. We met kind of recently. Yes. And it yes. was a it was a kind of a funny story, uh, because you were wearing a certain sweatshirt, and yeah. and it had a picture of an elephant on it, and yeah. I you asked me, hey, do you do you get the joke? Do you understand? And I was like, <laughs> yeah. no, I'm blonde. I don't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then you explained it to me, and it was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, you haven't seen it on stage, right? I have, actually. I, I peeped you. I peeped you on YouTube. Oh, thanks. thanks. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Um, yeah, I mean, that joke has been with me since, like, 2004. I'm not even making it up. I was, this really happened to me. I was watching Discovery Channel. Everything I mentioned in that joke, it happened to me. It's like, I was watching it. I was watching, like, I was like, you know what? For a change, they're like showing something else other than like, like a line or something killing something else. Like I was sick of watching like you know animals getting killing killed. Yeah, on, on yeah. Discovery. All yeah, the violence. Yeah. Yeah. So there's this like you know elephants and there's this female elephant and the male elephant literally comes behind her, and and climbs on her and I've seen dogs do it like before so I know what what's happening there right. And, and I was looking at it, I was like, okay, all right, at least we have something new. And then, like, nothing happened. I was just watching for, like, literally 10 straight minutes. That dude was just sitting on top of the elephant, like the female. <laughs> and I was so pissed <laughs> off. And I started, like, searching. And when the Discovery guy says, like, you know, in his words, he's like, yes, the elephant has an extra muscle under its penis, so it doesn't have to do anything. I was like, dude, that's the funniest thing ever. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's not something I came up with. I mean, this is the fact. This is how it is. But that's what's so great about it. <laughs> is it's true. It exists, yeah. and nobody really even ever knew about this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Elephants I, got it I made. I'm proud because elephants are from India. I mean, they're also from Africa, but I was proud that you know that Indian elephants also have that. You know, heck yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, just imagine like living in a world ruled by elephants. Hmm. Like just trying to avoid getting stomped. Like if they're not doing anything back to you, they would accidentally stomp on you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Peanut stocks are skyrocketing. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So you actually that that actually really blew me away because I thought it was hilarious, and I think it's great to just find humor and comedy in the real stuff, the real life stuff. You know? Yeah, it, it is like, I mean, most of my jokes are about stuff that happened to me or that I'm part of, because I feel like. That makes it unique to me, and also like it's not something that someone can copy it. You know, even if someone takes a joke, I don't really care because what makes my joke better is my story. Totally. And they they can't take my story, right? Not your authenticity, no way. Yeah, and also like even to take my story, I think I have one of the most unique stories. Like, you know, I'm probably like I don't know how many. Other people moved like an entire country. You know, in my I mean, I moved to America in my eleventh grade, and I didn't know English too. I mean, I thought I did, but yeah. I didn't even know English until I when I landed here. I was like, I couldn't understand people. So that's tough. And me, you were in eleventh grade. Yeah, I was in my eleventh grade, and I I just moved a um, you know few continents over, and I started a new life, and and I don't even understand what people are saying to me. I mean, it took me. I mean, the thing is, I knew English like I can read and write, but you know, I couldn't understand what people are saying. Wow. Yeah. So, that's... but now, yeah. I mean, it felt like it was kind of tough then, but now I feel like I'm really lucky because I have insights into both, uh, you know, my Indian heritage and my American heritage. Because, you know, I'm here. There. I mean. I'm in America most of my life, but I also have my base in from India. Absolutely. So, yeah. I kind of feel like you know, even that helps my comedy as well because I have a unique perspective. Because one second I can take the Indian perspective and make fun of something, and then next second I can take American perspective and make fun of something Indian. Yeah, nobody has that, you know. No, and it's authentic, and you you know, I love yeah, it. Yeah, and it's it's my life, so. Yeah. So you yeah. you did mention that your parents moved around a lot in one of the uh, stand-ups yeah. I was watching. Yeah. Is that true? Yeah, it is true. Like, um, I mean, they got young. I mean, they got married when they're very young. Like, my dad is like twenty-one. My mom is like eighteen. Wow. Yeah. And and they, um, because of that, because they were trying to get their life going, they were moving a lot. And 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 because of that, I I moved a lot. It helped you a little bit, though, no? It did. It did. Um, it's just like you know, it gave me insights into more people um, than I mean. I I met so many people in my life that I can now when I meet someone, I kind of can understand where they they're coming from because I probably already met someone with that background. Very and, diverse. And I, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and that again is like I feel like it's a blessing for me because 
now that I'm I'm all grown up, it's it's like I have all this wealth of information that maybe other people don't have. So you were joking a lot about um Seven Eleven. Yeah, yeah. I I mean the thing is it's a joke, and and the thing is a lot of people like even I I could see some of my Indian friends. Uh, you know, feeling offended that I'm telling Seven Eleven jokes and I'm playing around okay. uh, with the, you know, um, what do you call with the with the stereotype, uh, with the st- st- stereotype. Yeah. But for me, the way I look at it is like, how do you beat a bully? I mean, if you take the fun out of it for them, you know, you take the joke. Then, then how are they going to make fun of you? Like, for example, like you know, my Seven Eleven joke is literally that, like. I could have done a better stereotype of Indian people. So, Seven Eleven is like a joke for me. So I could make fun of it. I think it's funny. I see the humor in it. It is funny. Yeah, yeah it is because it doesn't bother me. You know, when someone calls me, tell, uh, says, uh, you know, you look like you own a Seven Eleven, it doesn't bother me because the way I look at it is, if I were to bully them, I would have done definitely better than Seven Eleven. Right. <laughs> Yeah. You know? <laughs> right. So I'm like, if I had your vantage point, I think I could have done better than you bullying me. Hence, I'm not impressed. And it also makes people feel comfortable because it's a harmless stereotype. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with owning a 7-Eleven. I mean, the, the 7-Eleven owner is a, is a small business owner. Like this guy is probably, you know, providing few jobs. And probably helping the neighborhood, and now uh, you know some of the shops like the neighborhood stores you see in like inner cities, you know where bigger chain. I mean that's the only place where these people can buy a store and 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 really hold on to it anymore, because rest of the country is taken over by chains, right? Like WalMarts and Kmart's. Nobody goes to a corner store in, anymore, but uh, you know, and and inner cities you know, are uh, adopt those corner stores and these people go there and, you know, even though they don't understand the culture, they don't know the people there, they still, you know, where the chain stores are not willing to go, these people go there and do business and serve the people there. Because if you don't have that corner store, then you got to, like, you know, go several miles to get something you need. Chain stores are coming into inner, inner city, so there is a problem there. And and I feel like it's a pride. Uh, if you take it as a pride to own a store, then I'm very proud that my people are are stereotyped as a bunch of sta- uh, store owners. Yeah, you know, I mean, I was boys with with the with the guys at Seven Eleven and my corner convenience stores wherever I live. They know me. We say hello. It's always a friendly environment. I was, yeah. you know, what I'm saying. They were friendly to me. Yeah, so and, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's like you know, I mean. They, sometimes you know like like i met some of my friends like you know my my black friends like sometimes they they tell me stories where they feel like you know people are being racist toward them like indian people uh with the stores and uh you know actually i was in a podcast with godfrey and that came up there as well and we've talked about it and and a lot of times that comes from ignorance right like these people you know, in that in that case, the Indian people, like you know, my people, where they move to a neighborhood and start a business, they should have, they should do a better job of understanding the people around them and learning their culture. It's not it comes it doesn't come from hate, like where they want to harm someone. It it comes from prejudice and which comes from ignorance. So, 
that a lot of people have that like a lot of there are a lot of things that that are kind of you know taught to us through the culture that are stereotypical and we kind of need to shed ourselves from that yeah i'm, I'm sorry i don't mean to get too deep i just kind of no it's okay it's all good for me i don't really go down the race road too much i judge somebody on how they treat me yeah. and how they treat others you know yeah i mean the thing is like it's kind of unfortunate that we even have to talk about color of the person's skin right know? i mean that's how messed up our history was but i mean you know in the in the past if someone was a racist they didn't have google they basically learned from their parents who were racist or whatever but in this day and age when you have so much information there is no reason for anyone to be ignorant right and and it's like i think i that's why i kind of feel very very positive about our future because you know our generation like if you look at like millennials they all grew up with with phones in them literally like the entire world in their hand you know if they if they need to know something they can just google it and like you know like you are a millennial right so elder millennial more. Yeah. <laughs> like right at the border like yeah, yeah, like yeah. right at the border. <laughs> like you know this girl that way. Yeah. But but you know I just feel like now we have so much information like I I can literally google about Africa and and look at places and you know or or talk to people from Africa. I don't have to go to Africa to to talk, or talk to an African person anymore. And you know like at, like 50 years back you want to learn about some country you have to go there and talk to people there there is no other way and and our generation is kind of blessed with all this information that i think a lot of the prejudices and stereotype types and all this like racial nonsense will literally die out soon i hope so I I just feel that way. I just feel like I mean we all want to be good. Nobody want to be evil. I don't I never met someone who woke up and and decided they want to be evil. That's true. I mean even if they are like there may be like 10% of the entire you know humanity. Right. That's not too many people. No, right. The ultimate I think the same thing. Ultimately all of us are good. And I mean, yeah. we all, I always talk about that a lot on my podcast about the balance of the good and evil that I think we all have in in us. And it's just about feeding the right monster, yeah. you know, and a balancing that. That's true. You know? Yeah. yeah. There are some people that are wired to, and it's learned, like you said, in the household. Yeah. So it's yeah. important for that to be something kids aren't growing up with in the households anymore. So. Yeah and I think now it's kind of harder for someone I think it will get harder for people to be racist. Yeah. I just feel that way. Because you're just a minority, you know. You're you're, you're a dying minority. You know, I'm talking about the races. Right. Um I thought you were talking yeah. about women. I was like, "Oh my god." <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no, not yet. I haven't yeah, conquered I the world yet. Now and then figure out how to have babies. <laughs> That's true. Well, call in the elephants. Call in the elephants. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, the good thing about it is, is that as long as us that are keep communicating and keep things honest and open, 
and we just yeah. keep spreading the positive words. You know, yeah. that, that helps, I believe, on that, some that level. Helps. That helps a lot. I, yeah. I, I think overall, like, I, I just feel the tide is kind of, I mean, at least since COVID, I think the tide will turn more toward goodness over here. I do too. Yeah. And we're yeah. going to do our part to make sure it happens. Yeah. By yeah. making people laugh. You've been making people laugh for a while? Yes, about seven years now. <laughs> Were you um, a funny kid? I was, I mean, I, even when I grew up, like, one of the, since I've moved so much, one of my ways to get into any group is through, through jokes. Um, there are a few times, very few times where that, that, that kind of blew up on my face, like, you know, I make fun of someone or, or say something funny and then now I'm part of the group. You know, very few times where I where I made fun of someone and the group hated me. So so that was always my thing. Like, you know, I try to be funny. Um, you know, because I'm moving so much, I had to make friends faster. That's true. That is the, the downside of moving a lot. Yeah. It's yeah. hard to make, especially when you're in like that age. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and like, you know, you go there and everybody seems like very close and tight and you're kind of this outsider. Yeah. And and the only way to kind of get into that inner core of the group is by being funny. Oh, totally. I would invite you in my clique. I'd be like, oh, he makes me laugh? All right, bring him on in. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Laughter is the way to the heart, baby. Yep. Yep. That's true. Aw. That's cool. So then, yeah, you've always, so you've always had that, like, affinity and that, like, s fulfillment when you feel someone laughs at something you say or do, you can genuinely yeah. feel that inside of you, like, just light up. Yeah. 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 And, and the other thing is, like, because I was moving so much, I was also kind of spending a lot of time alone, and I used to read a lot. All um, right, that's good. What did you read? I used to read a lot of stories and, and then like in, in Indian schools, like um, a lot of times when a teacher doesn't show up, uh, they don't have really have a substitute teacher system. It's more like, you know, they'll find some activity for the kids to keep busy. Oh, and okay. One of the things they, they used to do is like, um, they used to ask a kid to come up and perform. So... I used to always have a story or something I could go up and tell because that's one way I could make friends. So I used to read a lot and then I go back, go to school and then if a teacher doesn't show up, I'd be like, I'll tell a story. And then the entire class is listening to my me narrate that story. And, and I do that over and over. You know, I tell more and more stories. I, 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 it comes to a point where like, they don't even have to figure out what to do. Like if a teacher doesn't show up, they look for Vishnu. Like, you know, even I had times where they made me go to other classes and tell a story because there is no teacher that day. Wow. So I used to do that since, you know, I was in my third grade. I did it all the way up to like 10th grade. Oh, wow. And you felt comfortable, like speaking in front of everybody. Did you feel like nervous? Initially, like maybe when I was really, like when I was really young, um, the other problem I used to have was like, I I used to uh, forget the stories, um, even though I read it. And then now I'm, I'm in front of people narrating the story, I'm in the middle of it, and then I forgot how it ends. 
and and uh, and I had to like make up a story on the spot because you know yeah. now I'm halfway in the story. <laughs> and then they lived happily ever after. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so those are the things that are kind of you know. That's cool. Uh, um, and I'm kind of nerve-wracking, but uh, other than that, I I used to do that. Yeah, you got your start early then. You yeah, you were a I performer did, waiting did. to happen. Yeah, it's funny. Like um, I when I moved to America, right? Like yeah, one of the first comics I saw was Jay Leno because he was on NBC, uh, late night show. Oh yeah, and he used to do like five minutes, you know, you know, like political, not even five minutes, like about ten minutes of political humor. And I was kind of mesmerized by that. Like you know, it was like you know, just a guy with a mic just saying stuff. I mean. I didn't really think like he had writers or anything. It's just there's a guy on the stage talking and making fun of everything, and he's very witty, and and that was something that really I liked a lot. I wanted to do, but I was also afraid of my accent and like you know, I mean, this is like like first learning this, so I was really worried about. I was I used to be like, I wish I'm in India where I was I'm speaking my mother tongue. I could do this, you know. I wish everybody here spoke my mother tongue so I could do this. Um, and then it took me much longer, much later, like almost. Um, I mean, like until recently, when my I mean, my wife was like, you know what, you should go and do stand up. You're never going to be happy with yourself if you don't do it. So then, all of a sudden, I'm like, yeah, you know, like even my wife is saying this, like, well, who am I afraid of? Like, who am I afraid of failing? So that's when I started doing it. Usually, I mean, spouses will give you a hard time. It's nice to have that support. It is. It is. She's very, I mean, um, very helpful. I mean, very supportive. And um, the other thing that really helped me is, like, later on, like, we were kind of feeling the friction of it, um, you know, after a few years into comedy. Um, just like, you know, me being out and stuff like that. And Totally. And then... Uh, and then we read uh, Kevin Hart's book, uh, I Can't Make This Up. And in that, he talks about his struggles, you know, just his relationship tr- struggles, you know, trying to be a comic. And and this kind of, like, kind of rebooted me to go back out again. And my wife re- read the book, and she, like, you know, she, like, Kevin Hart is very thorough in, like, explaining, like, the things that he went through and how his relationship failed. So, you know, that was kind of something that allowed my wife and I to have a conversation where like, we were like, yeah, I think we can do this. And and we could get back to, you know, being comedy. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, definitely it's hard work. It's hard work it for is, sure. It is. It, it is very tough on her because we also have young kids. So, you know, when I'm out and sometimes it feels like I'm out there just having fun, even though I really am not. For me, I'm still working. Right. Like, like you know, I come and I hang out with the comics. You know, that still work. You know, even though I don't get up on stage. Totally. But it's really hard to explain to my wife. Like, you know, it looks for her. It, it, you know, if I drink a beer and I hang out with comics, that looks like party. You know? Yeah. I can see then, that. But, right. I see it from the other side. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, in the, Kevin, in the book, Kevin Hart talks about that. Like, he... He talks about this scenario where um, this happened to him, like where he took his wife, his girlfriend, 
to the city with him uh, to show her what he does. And unfortunately, that day he couldn't go up anywhere. And now his his girlfriend is really pissed off that, you know, he wasted all day. Like this is what you do. Like you go, you drive from Philly to New York City, and you party with your friends. You don't even go up. And she was more pissed off about that. And and he talks about how like she didn't understand like how even though you don't go up, just hanging up with other comedians and and building that bond. You know, meeting producers and. and just being out there is also part of working because that's marketing and we have to do it ourselves absolutely you got to be and, in um, it yeah yeah and you know that like you know that also helped us kind of understand like my wife and i too like you know um, the 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 stresses that we will be facing yeah wow now do you uh, are you on daddy duty I am like I when I'm home I try to be because I feel really guilty. Yeah. Um. I I I'm a diaper change expert. I can change a diaper like flat, like <laughs> literally, like thirty seconds. <laughs> Done. <laughs> yeah. Like wipe clean, like no dispose. <laughs> are we talking Pampers? Or are we talking the old school cloth ones here? Oh <laughs> uh, no, these are um Kirkland Costco. Oh, nice! Yeah, yeah. If you're going to have a baby, you gotta get a Costco. No mistake. I mean, they're nice and that's about it. That should come with the. They should leave you with a membership when you leave the hospital. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's so funny. Oh man, that's cool though. So it sounds like you've got a little bit of a balance going on here, right? You go at night. You go out at night. Maybe see the kids during yeah. the day a little bit. Yeah, I mean, before um, the COVID, like I, I was, I, I was working from office, so it was kind of tough on kids too because I, you know, in the evenings I'm gone, the weekends I'm gone, but now with COVID, I, I kind of, you know, even though it kind of sucks that I'm stuck at home, but the blessing is that I get, get to hang out with my wife and kids. I think it was good that we all kind of got that little bit of time to be at home. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, even uh, personality-wise, like you don't really spend a lot of time with your loved ones. So, you know, like we are so busy with work and like you know life, but you know, this COVID kind of I think either made or broke a lot of relationships. Yeah, definitely. I mean, how many people got divorced this year? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But you know it's good for all of them. Though. I mean, if that's the I, if it has to break, it has to break. Totally. You know, no point. I, I don't. I don't really think people should ever live in a relationship uh, while in misery. You got it. It's better to break it off than suffer. Yeah. And it's probably harder to see that clearly when you, like you said, when you're working and distracted by life, and it kind of just yeah. fits into your routine. But then once that routine stops. And it's just yeah, you and I mean, that person, you really get to see that you may yeah, or may I'm, not be meant for each other. And Sam, if you're not happy with someone, then, you know, why are you spending your time with them? I mean, your time is the most valuable thing you've got. And you're wasting it with someone you're not happy with. If you're not happy with someone, like, every, every minute you are there with them, you should think, like, why am I not happy with them?
Yeah. I mean, of course, everybody's got like, you know, fights and like you go through that, but you know what I'm talking about. Oh, like, totally. There's, there's difference between like just normal stuff to bicker over and then like serious things that are wrong with the relationship. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Totally. I get that. I'm happy I started the podcast over the break, so I'm really grateful for that time that I got off because I finally found an outlet for myself. Yeah, I was checking out. I was trying to sign up for your um, your podcast because you invited me. I was like, I'm going to check it out. So, did you wa- did you get to listen to any episodes yet? Not not yet. Okay. I, I, you know, I'm 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 being honest. You know, I wanted to listen to it. I I looked it up, but I'm like. I have, you know, it's just like my life is so busy. Like I got my job search and I got kids and I'm trying to, you know, do this Instagram. Like I'm trying to pull up my Instagram thing. But there are excuses and it's kind of <laughs> dumb that I didn't, I didn't listen to it. <laughs> listen. I get to it. I it's okay. To it right after this. I feel super guilty that I didn't listen to it. But I, I, promi- it up. I promise once you listen, you'll you'll like it. <laughs> no, no, I, I know I would like it because I know your personality. I remember when I met you too, like I told you, like you have that, like, you know, you are like, you have that light, light personality, like, you know. Oh, thank like you. you. kind of show light on people. Like, yeah, I remember I told you something like that. You when did. I you. And I was like, wow, anybody who gives me compliments is definitely a friend of mine. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I really, just, I feel the same. very cheery and like, I know. I, I mean, the thing is, when I first started, the you know, people used to tell me all these rules and, and like, you know, the, you know, things that you should do, you shouldn't do. And I'm like, the real rule is like, be funny and be nice. You know, don't be a dick. And I think that's, that will work, you know. And, and that's what I'm trying to follow. I'm just, you know, I, other, other than that, I get to tell jokes. Like, what, why would I complain? Like, why would I be a dick? Yeah, like, I, mean, like I, I always thought that it was it was always the meaning behind the joke that meant that meant more than the words to me. You know, like yeah, if it's yeah. coming from a place of, you know, it's a genuine place. It's you're just being funny about your own life and laughing about honest stuff. You're not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. You're trying to have a laugh. Yeah, exactly. And and even if if it hurts someone's feelings, they understand. I mean, it's a joke. Exactly. Funny. You know, there is a comedy club. You paid to, to, to watch someone be funny, and now you're pissed off they're funny. <laughs> right. <laughs> How many times do you stare out on faces that are just looking at you like, "Make me laugh, motherfucker"? <laughs> oh, I um, I had an instance like this guy was sitting like right under me. I yeah. could see him. And and he had like dead on stare at me like he was like I didn't know what's up with him like he didn't like me or I I did something to him or like you know yeah. I had no idea and then I was like and then I was coming on to this one joke I knew that that that's like it comes in like really it jumps on you that that if you're not paying attention you will crack you know yeah so I, I was like you know what I'm going to like ignore him make him like relax and then i'm going to throw this on him yeah. and then and then i so i kind of ignored him for a few minutes and then and then i threw that on him and then he cracked he laughed and then i i i i not i kid you not i actually told him like i 
it got you, man. <laughs> and then I have to, you know, it felt good. That was like, yeah, I could just imagine the faces looking up at you. Yeah, yeah, like other people didn't know what the heck was going on when they said that. They were yeah. like, like, why didn't you say that to him? But like, that dude was like so like stoic. Is that a word? Like, really, like people are just like really, like kind of like have no expression on their face. They're staring at you. They're not giving you nothing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, yeah. That's and funny. he was pissing me off because the rest of the crowd was totally into it, and this guy was just like sticking out. And and then when I got him, it felt so good. Yeah, that's like, boom, gotcha, I got you. That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you had to. You had to. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, I, and the thing is, like, the whole, like, like, I could feel it. Like, you know, I'm like, I'm going to get him with this joke. Like, you know, I'm going to say this word and it's going to get him. And then I said it and then he jumped. I was like, yes, I got him. It felt so good. What word was it? Can you say? I don't even remember the joke. It was like, it was just like, at the moment, like, I mean, right now it's like all blur for me. Like, I just remember that one moment, like, where I was like, I'm going to get him. Like, right, with like, you knew it, you knew it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't even know what joke it was. I, I think it was thank you, come again, but I'm not sure. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what, that's it, but I'm not sure. I, I don't remember. Yeah, I watched that stand-up, um, I guess it was from a place in Brooklyn, I think, called, it was Laughaholics or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That yeah, was cool. That, that was a good one. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a good place. Um, yeah, the, the urban rooms are a little bit tougher for me initially. Yeah. Like, even now, because sometimes what happens is, like, you know, they're not used to seeing, like, an Indian guy. They're like, what the heck? And then they see my accent and they're like, what are they doing on stage? Like, you know, so, so for there I have to be a little bit quicker. Like I got to get my New Jersey thing. That helps me a lot. Like if you can't Oh, tell the accent, accent thing is hilarious. Yeah. yeah, that that really helps me a lot. That was the one of the best openers I've heard in a long time. Yeah, it's surprising. Like, thanks, I mean, like, I... Tell you the truth, like I was working on that. I didn't think it was funny, and I was kind of throwing it around. And then, like I, I Rick Rome, um, I, I, I ran it by him, and and he said it was funny. And I was like, okay, if he says it's funny, maybe it is funny. <laughs> right. And then, and then I still don't know, like, it, it is it really that funny, or like, you know? I laughed out loud. <laughs> yeah, it's like. You know, like New Jersey, like it's all Indian people, and then <laughs> talk about just taking what people are thinking and throwing it right in their faces to laugh at. You know? <laughs> yeah, where else would I be from? I love it. <laughs> oh man, it made me laugh. I was like, yeah, that's awesome. This is my man. This is my boy. Thanks. Man. Yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. Cause I I like to. I like to toy with like, you know, the dumb blonde thing and, you know, I toy on a lot of stereotypes of my own that I don't even realize I embody because I don't feel like a dumb blonde on the inside, but it is what I look like on the outside. So I also like to kind of play, not play into it, but kind of poke fun at that because, yeah, yeah. you know, I might look like... Because you know it's not true, so you're not insecure about it. 
Right. No, I embrace. Exactly. I like. You know, I like. I do yeah. like to look a certain way, and I embrace that. And I think it's also like, uh, I know. I mean, it's it's really not something that that came from me, but like I think this whole blonde versus brunette thing came from like, like like some some not so good looking brunette girls who were kind of jealous about blonde girls, and they're like, you know what, blonde girls are dumb. Yeah, you know all the brunettes. They're just trying to compensate for <laughs> something they might be like, you know, insecure about. Dumb blondes. And I think that might have stuck because you know that we felt like the only way you know to get. Some of them are. Well, oh, oh. Hello. Yeah, I mean, it's just <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm totally yeah. kidding. Um, but I think that could be an origin of it, like, you know, when some brunette girl is like, you know what, you're not so pretty, you're dumb. Yeah. <laughs> dumb bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that that and that blondes are hoes. That's another uh, one. But come on, you could be a hoe at any hair color. Come on. Yeah, I know. I don't, I don't think that has anything to do with it. I mean, I think we need to move forward from skin and hair colors. Yeah, think, what the heck? Yeah. Jeez. A redhead could be a hoe, too. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> they're probably yeah. crazier than the blondes. Yeah, yeah. I think so, too. But probably knock out one of your teeth and keep one and put it on a necklace or something. And knock them all out <laughs> and take them all <laughs> Start a collection. <laughs> you know what? I would bet you still there would be a guy to sleep with a girl like that. There's, it wouldn't stop him. Yeah, like the, the toothless guy. Yeah. We don't know tooth, but... <laughs> oh, that's excellent. Oh, man. This has Thank been you, awesome. Thanks for inviting me. It's fun. It's really good to get to know you. I don't know what we talked about, but it's fun. Like, we had a fun conversation. <laughs> it's fun to just see where the conversation goes. Yeah, yeah. You know? And yeah, I, I before I close out, I just wanted to say how I met, I met you. Like, I was like, you know, who is she? Like, because you're so energetic and so nice to everyone. I was, that's really impressive. Like, I, you know, I was really impressed. That's why I was like, you know, I got to say hi to her. So... Yeah, keep doing what you're doing, Arian. You're amazing. I really appreciate that. Thank you. I am speechless. That's that's a very nice thing to say. Thank you. Okay. I, I don't even realize when, and it's funny, I take that so, and I hold it so close to my heart because I don't even realize that I'm coming off that way So because I'm really just trying to genuinely be who I am all the time. And just, yeah. even if I'm having a bad day, you know, I try not to, to let anybody know because it's really nobody's problem yeah you know yeah and the thing is like for you you're a jolly person and you're trying to put it behind and kind of have fun so your nature is to emit that like you know that that cool coolness like you know even though you might have like like a lot of things going on back of your head but but you were you're trying to have fun so you are you know for everyone else around you that's all we see yeah. Thank you. And just, you're, you're amazing. Just keep doing what you're doing. Like, you know, the whole place is cool. I like, I will, I will listen to your podcast. <laughs> no, yeah, listen. That's the thing with podcasts, right? <clears throat> it's hard. It's hard. Um, it's hard to get an audience until you got them. And then they work. Yeah. Then you, you get worked into their routine. So yeah. 
once somebody likes you and listens to it and puts you on there, you know, subscribes and sees when new episodes comes out, then they'll listen to you when they're going for their walk or whatever time is their downtime or whatever it is. So I'm learning with podcasts. It's it's not an instant kind of thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I know you'll listen when you can. I know you will. I will. You're going to listen to this one, right? Of course, but I'm going to listen to something before this. So I don't have to feel guilty about listening to this one. No, no guilt at all. I'm just honored that you would take time out of your day to chat with me. And that I'm means a lot. that you invited me. And we'll have to do it again. We'll do it again. Only yes. next time we'll do it in person. Yes. You yeah. know? Yeah. Dip the toe in the water. Next time, go full dive. All right, cool. Yeah. All right, cool, Irene. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining me, myself, and Irene with Vishnu yes. Vaka. Oh, by the way, your name is a special yeah. name. Vishnu. Right? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's yeah, one of it's the like, gods. It's a, yeah, it's one of the gods, yeah. That's a cool name. Ah, oh, thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, it's um, it's like, like Hinduism has like three main gods, and he's one of the gods, one of the main gods. Yeah, it's um, I wrote it down. Brahma, am I saying yeah. that right? Yeah, you are. Brahma is the creator. And then and Shiva. Then Shiva and Vishnu, they're both are like preservers and and kind of, you know, I mean they both help you out kind of thing. Oh, that's cool. Are you proud of your name? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I, I really like my name. And the thing is, like, growing up, I not too many people had my name. And it's kind of weird because I don't remember many people having my name in my classes. Like, there's nobody else that's named my name. And then, but then now when I meet Indian people, they're like, oh, this is a very common name. But I'm like, I don't know, because I didn't meet too many of my name people. Yeah. I would say it's unique. Yeah. I like that about my name, Irene. It's kind of unique. You don't really hear it yeah, that Yeah, I like the name, too. Right. And the movie is really nice, too. Hell, yeah. Yeah, that was a good movie. <laughs> it was a good movie. <laughs> yeah. Price check on Vagisil. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember it, but I remember it was a funny movie. Oh, yeah. Jim Carrey, one of the greats. Okay, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to hang with me. And uh, I can't wait to see you live. Wish you a lot of luck. Thank and, you. And um, I'll see you soon. Same to you. Same to you, Irene. Thank you. A lot of luck. You know, keep doing what you're doing. You'll be fine. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Please be sure to check out Vishnu on Instagram at comic underscore Vish. Thank you for listening to this very special episode of Me, Myself, and Irene. Namaste, bitches. Tranquility Base here. The Eagle has landed.